Hello and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend and Chavruta Yardena Osband. Our daf of the day. Katan daf yud, page 10. So I'm going to begin with a Mishnah that's kind of smack in the middle of Ahmed Aleph. Um, you can set up an oven or a stove or a mill for that matter. It doesn't say for that matter, of course, on, during Cholamoid. This to me is an interesting mission in part because, you know, we have to understand exactly what these mean to set up an oven and a stove and a mill. But I would think that presumably what you're going to be using these things for is, if nothing else, preparation for the holiday. So I would think it would be a no brainer. Rabbi Huda says you may not chisel the millstones for the first time, meaning go ahead if that means putting it back together, whatever. But you can't set it up as an for the first time um, during Cholamoy. Now, I want to share again. This is from the Koran Noe edition, right, which has pictures with eye holes is what it's called, and it says chiseling millstones. So what happens is, if you think about um, these are two very large stones, fundamentally, right, that are rubbed together to do the milling. So mechabshin, rather, at to to chisel the millstones is as follows. And the note says the upper millstone could be constructed in various ways, depending on the general structure of the mill. It had a hole usually in the middle of the stone, through which grain was poured so that it would fall between the two millstones, which would then grind it. The image then also that's in this picture, which has these two stones on top of each other with a hole between them, there's also a rod kind of like poking through from the top to the bottom in a second hole in order in order to turn the millstone. It was also included a hole in the lower millstone that was used to connect the two millstones to get the grinding more effective Grooves or, grooves or holes would be cut into the millstones um, in order to hold the kernels in place so they would be well ground. They would get, they would become smooth and, you know, they would, the grooves would disappear. So then they would cut new grooves. And that which is going to be used to where the friction is what's going to, and the rubbing is what's going to actually do the grinding. So the Gemara goes on, now the Gemara is going to ask, uh, it says, what does this mean when you say you're chis- chiseling millstones? Rabbi Huda says that cutting the grooves into the millstones, because again, they would wear down over time, they would get smooth, and then you have to cut new ones. So Rabbi Yechil says the, the act of mechabshin, the act of this chiseling, was actually cutting the eye hole into the upper millstone for the grain to pass through so that it could be ground between the two millstones. Now, that I would say is an even more fundamental process. Like, you don't have millstones functioning to grind without that eye hole i think the chiseling is an enhancement meaning if it's not grinding well then you have to re-chisel but you can't do anything i don't think without that eye hole to pour the grain in so the gemara asks so the gemara it's fundamentally going back first to talk about the oven and the stove where you said that you can set it up on um, to, as long as, and the claim here is from a brighter that you can set it up as long as you do not complete the malacha. That's Divir Realizer. Of course, if you don't complete the malacha, then how are you going to be able to use these things for your yunt of preparations? The Chachamim Omrim Af Yigmor, and the Chazal, the, the sages, the majority opinion says you could finish. So Rabbi Huda says now in this. Um, on this authority of Rebbe Lezer, 
that you can set up the new millstone and you could even chisel an old millstone, meaning as opposed to saying you cannot chisel a new millstone, right? You can set up an, a new one or you could chisel an old one. Um, but then some people were machmir and they said you can't chisel a millstone at all on cholamoid. Um, Bishlama lamandamar mechabshin min karecha. So all of this makes sense, according to the one who says that chiseling the millstone means cutting grooves into the millstones, right? Then that's what you're talking about for an old an old mill versus a new mill. But if you're saying that it's the eye hole, what, it doesn't make any sense to be talking about an old one versus a new one if what you mean is an eye hole, because that doesn't, it doesn't take any renewing. It's there. Once it's there, it's there. Higon the Gemara says, so really the old versus new, according to that opinion, would be where you want to widen that hole a little more to have a little bit more grain in the process of the milling. Um, and then to cap this off, we have uh we have a narrative. Rav Huna so Rav Huna heard a story about somebody who was cutting grooves into his millstone during Cholamoid. Amar man hai. And he said, who is this? He says, may his, it's kind of an unpleasant curse. He says, may his body be desecrated because he is desecrating Cholamoid. I guess it's all playing off the, punning off the words, right? Itchil gufei. Itchil Michel Chola of Cholamoid, right? Desecration is Chol also, right? Um, so, meaning Ravuna wasn't going to have it. He did not think that cutting grooves in the millstone on Cholamoid was acceptable at all. And the Gemara concludes that. Savarla Kiyesh Omrim, meaning the Gemara concludes that Ravuna, Ravuna's, you know, sock on this question of the millstone was going to be as the view that says you can't do anything. You can't you can't um, cut those grooves in the millstone on Cholamoid at all. He takes a pretty strong objection to it, I think, if he's going to curse the person who did it instead of just saying, well, that is not what we do, or that is the wrong thing to do, even if it's even if it's a playful pun. It's not so playful when what you're saying is uh, his body should be desecrated. It's kind of a little gruesome. Uh, yeah, that is a pretty uh, a gruesome. Uh, <laughs> it's a, definitely a little bit of a gruesome thing to say there. Um, and so um, I'm going to move on here to, uh, to Amud Bet, where we have a series of statements by Rava of sort of eight things that one may be permitted to do um, on Cholamoid. Uh, and the first one he talks about is let, to let the blood of an animal uh, for medicinal pur- purposes and Abai brings a bracelet to support it. Um, this, you know, the second one is that you can scrub garments, basically. Um, and, you know, the reason given is because it's the work of, uh, of a hedge, like a lay person as opposed to a craftsman. Um, and but then we get into some interesting ones where there's a little bit more of a nuanced discussion. Right. Amarava man takel arya adate deve dare. So Rava says somebody who clears the ground. Right. Uh, meaning who cleans up like his yard or his, you know, field. Right. On um, Shari. Adate to Arya Asir. Right. And so it basically says, sorry, Adate Deve Dari Shari. If his intention is to 
basically prepare a threshing floor, it's permitted. But if his intention is to actually prepare the ground for planting, it's prohibited, right? And so then they say, hey, dami, right? What are the circumstances? Mulya bimulya binatsa binatsa, right? If he basically takes a mound, like he basically takes dirt from one and puts it to another, or he takes, or he, you know, one furrow, right? It means that he's basically, whatever these actions are, I don't totally understand them, but he basically means he's preparing it for a, a threshing floor. In other words, what he's trying to do is make a level area in the middle. Um, and apparently that's something you had to do to make a threshing floor, right? Adata deve darish, adata deve dari, right? He's trying to make a threshing floor. Shako mulya ushada benata adate daaria. But if he takes from a mound and casts it into a furrow, right? With that means he has the intention of preparing the ground for planting, and that wouldn't be allowed. And then the second example here is Va'amaraba, Haiman Dezachi Ziche, right? That he talks about somebody who clears his field from twigs on Chalamoid, right? Adate Tzivi Shari. If his intention is to basically, uh, you know, um, uh, to use the twigs, basically, then it's allowed. Like he needs to burn the twigs for fire or something like this. Adate to Arias here, but if it's to prepare the ground, meaning to prepare to plant, it's Asor. Hey, dummy, how would you know the difference? Shakil Rav Reve, the Shavik Zutre, Adate Ditsive. So if he takes large twigs and leaves the small ones, right, then it's clear he wants to use the twigs, presumably again for um for firewood. Shakil Ravive the Zutre, Adate to Arya. But if he leave if he takes both large and small ones, then it's clear that he wants to the ground. So I think this gets into, uh, and, and then they bring a third example, sorry, right, somebody opens the gates of a, of a water channel through the, through the land, so the intention is to catch fish, it would be okay, but again, if the intention is to water the ground, then it would be prohibited, and again, he shows, you know, shows the difference of how you would show, you know, that you wanted it for fish, or as opposed to, uh, to uh, make, you know, that you wanted it for the ground. And then they bring another example, right? If you cut a date palm, if it's for, you know, feeding animals or if it's, you know, for that would be allowed, but if it's for, you know, the intention is to help the date palm grow, then it would be prohibited. And again, he explained, how would you know the difference? If you just cut from one side, that means you meant it for your animals. If you cut from both sides, that meant it was to actually help it, uh, it grow. Um, and so I, you know, I thought this was an interesting concept that we hadn't been introduced to yet, which was intention, right? That we could do sort of the same action, right? But it, it's for two different goals. And, but, I, but I think he elevates it to a different level. It's not just about intention, right? Because intention could be theoretical, right? Like it's not a question of like kavana, right? But it's also like you, there will be a subtle difference in the action itself depending on what your intention is. And we can tell, therefore, what the intention is by how the action is actually done. And so I think this gets into one of the pieces that is tricky with Moed Katan, right? Which is a little bit difficult about what is allowed or not allowed because you theoretically could have sort of the same action, right? If we say, you know, you're collecting twigs, right? So collecting twigs is collecting twigs. But, you know, then he makes a distinction, big twigs, small twigs, What's your actual intention? Do you need the twigs or are you doing it to prepare the ground? Um, and so it's clear also, I think from the examples he's given, 
then many of these things are you're doing the intention is for immediate use, right? Like presumably you would use the twigs right away. Presumably if you open the water channel, it's for fish <clears throat> that you would use right away, I guess, to eat on Cholomoed. Um, you know, if you need a threshing floor, that one I found to be particularly interesting, you know, because I guess if you needed your grain right away, you know, so you wanted to prepare it. Um, but the but this concept of adata, like the, the intention is something new and not one that is explicit in the Mishnah at all. I think that placing this in the category of ambiguity perhaps is exactly right. Because, and, and I think it is very suitable for Cholamoid because Cholamoid is exactly that time that is Chol, but also Moed, right? Meaning it's it's got that ambiguity of, is this a regular day? Well, no, it's not. It's a kind of a holiday, but is it a full holiday? No, it's not. It's kind of Chol. So I like kind of a regular day. So I feel like the question of, your purpose and not Kavana intent, but the the motivation for your use exactly as you've described it makes perfect sense to me that it's part and parcel of whether something is going to be allowed or not allowed in this kind of fuzzy area of what Cholmoid is to begin with. Right. And I think, you know, this is why I think Rava's statements are really helpful. But again, I just find it interesting that this concept of intention is not explicitly in the Mishnah but it really helps to understand, I think, what could be allowed or not be allowed. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP and our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.